Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Woohoo! Welcome, everyone. Today is Monday, September 25th. It is. And um, another live edition of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And I am here with Eva. Hello. Hello, Charles. Um, okay, so the mission of Corporate Talk is to make a difference in our lives, our careers, in the world, even as one person. Yes, it is. Right? We have a fantastic guest we're going to bring out in a few minutes. Um, because that's our job, right? We have to do what we can to make things better. We have to um, collaborate, network with the right people that have the same mission. Yes, that's absolutely true. Right, and we're all needed now more than ever. Um, I want to start off once again by giving a shout-out to our friends at WP Website Help, and I say that as a friend and as not as a uh, customer, I'm a customer too. Um, they care. If you guys need any WordPress help, these guys have your back. Okay. Yeah, they're true. I say that from experience. I, I have never seen anything like it. Okay, so huh, Eva, what the heck is going on? Well, how do we calm everybody down? <laughs> Well, we can't calm everybody down, but we can make sure that we calm ourselves down first. You know, it's that put the mask on yourself first before you put it on anybody else. you got to calm yourself down first before you can start calming anyone else down. Okay, um, and we need positive people. We need people that inspire, right? We need, we need hope. That's well, that's we why need. we have Professor Latanya White on today. Yes, so, um, you know... There's a lot going on out there, and we still have to do what we can to contribute, grow, not only help others, but grow ourselves, right? Yes. Um, and Okay, so in corporate, uh, how many of us, how many of our coworkers, friends, and so on have been downsized, have been like, oh, not sure what they want to do? I spoke to someone as recent as Friday, not sure what I want to do now, right? So... Nothing beats learning, right? Yes. So today um, I'm excited about so many things, but also about learning what it takes to think differently to become an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? So It is a different mindset. When you're used to working in corporate, becoming an entrepreneur can really throw you off your game. Right. And um, so this could be life-changing. Yes. Right? Um, I would love then to introduce our long-awaited guest, um, entrepreneurship educator, Professor Latanya White. Professor White, are you there? Yes, how are you guys? Thank you so <laughs> hey. much. Good. Um, so welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And let me just say that um, we met a while back and... Um, and I want to share this with you, Professor White. You know, 
we meet at these things, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 people, right? And, you know, certain people leave an impact, Mm -hmm. okay? And you left an impact to the point where I wanted to follow you. I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, that's something you can't um, learn, I don't think. You have to have that. Yes. Right? So congratulations on that. And um, yeah, so tell us um, a little bit about um, what it is that you do and maybe your mission, how we can connect and so on. Sure. And let me just say, Charlie and Eva, thank you so much for those warm words. And thank you for being patient with me as the semester got underway, right? (laughs) Well, I uh, am an entrepreneurship educator, as you've shared In the last seven years, I've taught at one of the largest historically black colleges um, in the country, and that's at Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, So I'm full-time faculty here at FAMU, but I'm also adjunct entrepreneurship faculty, which is basically part-time at Florida State University. So in the course of any given week, I'm talking to about 319 and 20-year-olds about what they want to do with their lives. So (laughs) this is definitely the perfect opportunity for me to share what I'm seeing, you know, in real time from millennials and taking some of your expertise and some of the guests that you've had in the past, their expertise, and bringing it back to the classroom. Unbelievable. Um, Just give them a hug and (laughs) and tell them to hurry up. Right. To change the world, yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And the, my students are not used to, because I'm in, in class talking like warm and fuzzy stuff, you know, the golden circle, what are you passionate about? And they're so accustomed, you know, Eva, to your point about if you've been in corporate America, it's maybe a, an uncomfortable shift to start with the entrepreneurial mindset. And the same thing is happening in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Students have gotten so accustomed to being taught to the test, right? Okay, chapter one test this Friday. We're only going to talk about chapter one a day. No questions asked. But when I come in and I ask them what brings, what gets you jazzed in the mornings? What's the thing that? What's the last thing you're thinking about at night after you've done homework and after you've gotten the kind of drudgery stuff out of the way? What enlivens you? And how do we create your life and your legacy about what it is that you're passionate about? And it usually takes about five or six weeks in a 16-week semester. So we've already lost about a third of our time together for them to start to say, oh, she's serious. Like, I really can create a life about around what I love to do. You know, and that's so important that you're asking them these questions because – what happens is, is like with our generation, you know, we started asking those questions in our 40s. And it's so important to ask those questions now in college because they're not really understanding that, yeah, it's great to get through all the tests and, you know, get through the resume and get the job. But then once you get there, if you don't have the jazz and the passion going on, it's going to be really tough to succeed and do well in that job. Yeah. And figure out what you want then later on down the road. It's so important to say, I just love that you're saying that to them because it's so important at this point to say, 
why are you taking this major that you're taking? Right? If you can't tell me what you're excited about, then why are you in this major? Now's the time to look at this. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the state of Florida, um, public universities are even, our, our funding is even related to the statistics that show the number of students who are working in a career position that matches their degree. So from a political standpoint, you know, I even have a responsibility to say, let's make sure this is where you want to spend know, the next 30 or 40 years of your life because you are in control of that. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember now, right, when we met, mm-hmm. when you were sharing this with me, I remember what it was that um, kind of alerted me, and that is it's the same message to us old-timers, mm-hmm. Professor White, because we've never got any of that either. So, yeah, you, we really need to... Um, provide this skill and hope and training to the young, but it's really open to all of us, right? Because we all have to decide what we're going to do with our life, right, and our career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) And when you're talking to the young people, I'm sure that when, when you talk to them like this, it just throws them off their game. You know, they're just like, wait, no one has talked to me like this at all. Now suddenly you're bringing this up. Now you're bringing it up. You know, (laughs) I have enough on my plate. You want me to now be passionate about it, too. I can't do it. (laughs) Well, no, you want them to first uh, explain what they're passionate about. Right. But they might have a hard time even saying that because they're so heads down trying to get through school that they're not even thinking like that. And now she's kind of throwing this at them, too. And they're just I'm sure they look like a deer at headlights at first. And then they I have no doubt that they love it once they get used to it. You're absolutely right, both of you, because students, you know, young people, millennials, they are not used to being able to be passionate and be excited because, you know, in in school you can't talk too loud or don't step out of line. So that becomes so indoctrinated, and they don't, like, they lose a lot of their personalities um, when they come into the classroom. Like, literally, you can almost see the energy, their energetic Vibe. You can almost see a change because they're used to being, uh, I don't know, if suppressed, you know, that personality being suppressed. But we know to thrive in corporate America and to thrive in whatever work that you do, you have to have the outlets that allow you to be who you are because that's when you show up the best for the people that you serve. You know, it's so true because so many times, I know I myself, when I first started in corporate and for years in corporate, I always felt I had to be the career woman, the professional woman, and I couldn't let my personality out. You know, they couldn't see that. And and in those days, you know, women were fairly new to the workforce in the numbers that we were entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so there was something to that. But now it's really the personality that really makes your career because if you're not being authentic you're not going to be able to really find the right career and being authentic is key into making sure that you're a good fit with your organization it's so important your work is so important thank you thank you you know what i'm thinking you um should try to come up with statistics about the intangibles when they're not being authentic what are we missing out on you know what are they not engaged with what 
hopes, dreams, and visions are they not achieving because they're not coming out as themselves, right? Yeah, um, I and, love that. Well, and it's so important because now these are going to be the leaders 20, 30 years down the road, and maybe even not that long, and they're going to be taking all these other leaders' places, and so it's so important that they're passionate about what they're doing in order to really create a good and vibrant organization. Yeah. Um, so, you know, before our first break, we have a minute or two, um, and we have a lot to discuss here, and this is really cool. We're speaking with entrepreneurship educator Professor Latanya White. Um, what, how did you make the shift yourself to entrepreneurship? I mean, you didn't start out that way, I don't think, or maybe you did. Well, I think I was an intrapreneur, I-N-T-R-A. Entrepreneur. Uh, mm. When I was working on my, and I actually teach in the same degree program that I graduated from. So I have both my undergraduate degree and my master's in business from the same school where I'm teaching, or at least one of them. And a part of our curriculum as we were matriculating towards the graduate level was to complete a graduate level internship. And I did that in pharmaceutical sales. I was um, in the upstate New York area, so Buffalo, Niagara listeners, I'm sure it's <laughs> just as beautiful there now as it was when I was on an internship there. But that was, you know, I, there wasn't an office that I went to. There was no one looking for me to clock in or walk in through the office, but I still had the same amount of responsibility. I still had to make sure that I was adding value to the healthcare community in that area and that I was doing so in such a way that it showed up in my numbers, right? So that the doctors and nurses found so much value in what I was sharing with my sales presentations that they would recommend or prescribe those products to their patients. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, I didn't know that that was the first experience that I would have with entrepreneurship, but it truly was and it changed everything about how I looked at my career options. I bet, um, you know, I'm starting to see, um, a, maybe a correlation between entrepreneurship and successful entrepreneurs and that positive yeah. approach of, uh, the day to day. So, this is great. We have to take our first break, but we have so much more to talk about. So stay with us, everyone. Corporate Talk with special guest, Professor Latanya White. We'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your Agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. And now let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. 
Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Professor Latanya White. She is an author and an entrepreneurial expert, and she's also offering a free download of the first chapter of her book, Becoming Fearless. And you can find that at her website at latanyawhite.biz backslash free ebook. So, and that's L-A-T-A-N-Y-A-W-H-I-T-E dot B-I-Z backslash free ebook. So go ahead and take advantage of that because that's a great offer. So Dr. White, you know, let's really dive a little bit into the coaching programs and what it is that you actually do with these young people when you get them. And I love the, I love the title of your book, Becoming Fearless. And we know that we're always going to have some fear, but yet that's really what the key is, is to start really going in and taking these careers and really grabbing the bull by the horns and really making that our own. So let's hear a little bit about your coaching program. Sure. Um, and it's so interesting. I actually, con- and I tell my students, consider this a coaching experience more so than, you know, a regular classroom. So with coaching and the approach that I take is really to create this, this safe environment, and that's an emotionally safe environment, because we have so many um, things that we just hold so close to us. There may have been trauma, there's betrayal, there's this fear of failure, and all of that stands in the way of how quickly um, you, I can get a person to transform. So if we start with what are your hang-ups, not your shortcomings, but what are the things that you consider to be the challenges or the obstacles that you face that have held you back but have brought you to this place? And I've been doing a lot of research on this concept called growth mindset. That comes from a Stanford professor, uh, Carol Dweck, and the idea Well, growth versus fixed mindset basically says I can learn anything and I can be successful at anything as long as I put the effort in. So with the fixed mindset, we often feel that if I, 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 I'm not smart if I didn't get it right the first time. So now we, we fear failure. We don't try again. I've literally had people tell me that I prefer to stay in my comfort zone because I don't want to fail. But how much mm-hmm. learning and growing happens in your comfort zone, really, you know? Well, and then when you're so young, I mean, this is the time to do that growing and that learning and falling out of your comfort zone. But it's true. I mean, there's so many young kids that have this perfectionist streak in them. And I think it's also with the way they're being brought up is that there isn't any room for failure. And what they're seeing online, it feels like there's no room for failure. All they're seeing is what they think is just instant success when we know that that's not true. And so this, it's a 12-week course, right, that you teach. Um, and that, you know, those 12 weeks are just key for them to start unlocking this. Now, how do you get them to start opening up, though? Yeah, that's a great question, Eva. So becoming fearless is actually, or the fearless part, is actually an acronym. So we look at the foundation of who they want to be as an entrepreneurial leader. Um, We evaluate their marketing messages and even analyze their position in the competitive um, environment. But the R is for retraining. 
So that's where we're really taking that deep dive and looking at positive identity theory and your your visions of self-worth and your fixed or your growth mindset. And, and the acronym R is like it would be the fourth thing that we do or the fourth module, but we really open up with the retraining. We really talk about what your time is worth, what your current skill set is, and how we leverage what you already know um, and what you're already good at because I need I need my clients and I need my students to own that, to own their brilliance so that when we get to the place where I'm talking about blue ocean strategy or business model generation, they already say, oh, this might be unfamiliar territory to me, but I know I can, I can do this. I mm. know I can succeed at this. Such an important skill, that, that skill of just saying that even though I don't know it, I know I can learn it. I mean, that in and of itself <laughs> is just worth the price of the course right there because that is such a huge skill to acquire in building that resiliency that, yeah, even though I fail, I know that I can pick myself up and I can keep going. And so when you have them in class, because I, I am really curious about this because I know that at that age, they don't tend to really, you know, open up that much. Is it that you find like one person says like something that they're afraid of and then it kind of just spills over? Or that's kind of the part that I'm kind of wondering, like how do you get them to open up when they're in a group setting? That's actually, and it, it's taken me about five years to really figure that out. But I found um, back in 2013, I had traveled overseas um, to Bali, Indonesia for a social entrepreneurship accelerator, but I was still teaching. And mm-hmm. I was gone for a month. I didn't remember my students' names or their faces. So I said, you know, scrap it. We aren't going to meet in the classroom. Give me at least a couple of weeks to reconnect with you individually. So that worked so well. I would have students schedule a one-on-one appointment with me anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes where it's just me and you. I just, I really want to know what you're driven by, what you're motivated by, and why are you here? So from those interviews, I kind of aggregate, you know, the patterns. I see the trends. So when we get back to the classroom, now I can talk about this body or this group of students that are interested in marketing but they don't know I'm talking about them specifically. I'm, you know, it's an anonymous example, but I know that because I took the time to connect with you one-on-one. Oh, that's great. So no one individual person gets really called out, but talking in, in talking to them in the aggregate and then they're all kind of, because I, w- I would think that so many of their issues are similar anyway, like you're saying. And so you're just kind of putting it out there, but there's no one single person that has to say, oh, yeah, it's me that's scared to do whatever. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, because you know what happens. I mean, I remember it in school myself. One person says that they're scared of something and you've got everybody else saying, oh, no, no, me. Now that I'm not scared of that at all. And it's just baloney. Right. <laughs> but everybody starts posturing. Absolutely. So it works out tremendously well. And I even have started to give them a weekly growth mindset worksheet and asking them to kind of assess their week. What worked well this week and what made you frustrated? What could you have changed if you had a different outlook? And I still get a similar responses. You know, it was time management or I'm 
I'm just overwhelmed. I took on too many responsibilities. It's so familiar across the board. And it doesn't change when you get to work. It actually accelerates, right? Because you get to work and then the next thing you know, you're getting married and you have children or whatever. And even if you don't have any of that, I mean, you still work now is tough. They expect more than 40 hours. They expect you to be online at all hours of the day or night. And so it's, it's really takes a lot to be able to move forward and get done what you need to get done. And by giving them these skills of reassessing, well, what did you want to complete this week and what did you actually complete and what worked and what didn't work? That's a huge skill set. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And And it works. It's not just for school. It's just continues on through your whole professional career. Yeah, it's so important. It really is, and thank you for opening the door to that. I actually, in classroom, I teach an entrepreneurship class and a management class. And I tell students all the time, you know, this won't be your traditional learning experience because we aren't just talking about managing a business or managing your department. We're talking about managing your life, your time, Mm -hmm. your expectations, managing your reputation, because I know that those habits are going to go with you into the workforce or into this build this business that you're building. So true. And do you find that there's a difference when you're working with young men and young women? Is there a difference between the men and the women? Or are they about equal now? Or, or what? how do you see the dynamic in the classroom now with them? Things are about equal, especially when we we come to the discussion about the fear of failure. Um, Mm. It is about a one-to-one ratio between the young men and young women who say that they don't take criticism well because they have a fear of failure, which, of course, lends itself to their performance. So if I can help them overcome that, quote, fear of failure, meaning the ultimate outcome is they should try to perform better. They should put forth their best effort so that when they get into the recruiting process and the interviewing process and the onboarding process at work, they've gotten used to trying and learning, not trying and failing. Mm, Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it trying and learning and not trying and failing. That's perfect. And that's a, that's, it's such a simple reframe. It's like, it just seems like it's just such simple semantics that it's just, well, you're just changing words. You're really not changing the, the, um, right. The, the experience. But the truth is, is that you are changing the experience. You're taking it from a negative experience into a positive one. And that's a huge shift for them that they're not thinking well, that more way. of, you know, we are in control of who we are, who we want to be. We are our own CEO, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so then, then when they're going into the interview process, it makes a big difference for them because they're bringing passion and enthusiasm because we know when we're interviewing these young kids out of school that they really don't have a lot of experience. So what you're really looking for is the one that can learn. Absolutely. And that's what you're teaching them is how to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that what I'm doing in the classroom, this missionary, it's missionary work. But I'm hoping <laughs> that it's showing up in your efforts and in your listeners' efforts as they're recruiting and things of that nature. Yeah, you get to cheat a little bit because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what you do 
is around selling, whether it's yourself, your yeah. visions, uh, and you can leverage some of your sales experience and, and bring it out in your entrepreneurship educating. Well, and it's also true what you were saying earlier about the entrepreneurship, because if they go into an organization, you are an entrepreneur of your own career. So that's the entrepreneurship. So just by teaching them that if they decide to open their own business, they have those skill sets. But if they decide to work for a big co- company, they have the skill set as well there to to leverage their skills as more of an entrepreneur within an organization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's- so we're going to go ahead and take our second break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about coaching programs and entrepreneurship. Stay with us, everyone. Our guest today is Professor Latanya White. It's Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Charlie Lavasco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. All right, guys. Um, segment three, and we... Are privileged to be speaking with our special guest today, entrepreneurship educator, Professor Latanya White. I want to first give a shout to the listeners. Um, you can download a free first chapter of her book, of Professor White's book. Just go to latanyawhite.biz slash free book. So that is L-A-T-A n-y-a-w-h-i-t-e dot biz slash free book. Um, oh, yeah, I put too many E's in there. I had free ebook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but there it is. There's the first step. Um, we have a question that we usually ask Professor White in our last segment. What could we do starting tomorrow? Well, that's already been answered. <laughs> we could download this book. So, you know, listening to what you guys were talking about, um, 
there was a lot there. There's a lot. There was a lot of real heavy stuff behind the, uh, the uh, you know, making a difference. Um, so I have a couple of questions. Um, by the way, when you guys are talking about comfort zones, you know, about, you know, you want to challenge yourself and so on and so on. So, Professor White, my message is always the same about that. I, I take it one step further. Don't leave greatness in your head. Your job is to come out and share it. If you remain in that comfort zone, it's wrong. So it's not just being comfortable, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, totally agree. Uh, these guys, everybody has their own greatness, and it's on each one of us to bring it out. So um, that's the hope, you know. If, you know, like when they see somebody kind of teaching that, I mean, it's just such a different world. But I wanted to ask you, on your teaching at the two schools, one on the adjunct level and one at the full-time level, is it the same, it's the same curriculum? Um, well, at, at the university, at Florida State University, where I teach adjunct, it's an intro, it's an introduction to entrepreneurship course. So I'll spend the entire semester, or at least my plan is to spend the entire semester just talking bit by bit about business model generation. And that's where we can spend an entire week or three contact hours talking about your customers. And the next week we're talking about your value proposition. So that's on the introduction side. On the uh, strategic decision-making side, which is a 4,000-level course, um, it's from an analytical learning outcomes perspective, we're looking at juniors, seniors, and higher-level students. That's really where we say, this is your business idea, and I actually have students who are currently in business just looking to take it to the next level, and I work with them individually. Like, what is it that we need to do for you this week to grow the business? And what do we need to do for you next week to grow the business? So now we've had, we have these 16, like, wins that we've accomplished over the course of four months that should make you feel really, really good about what you're doing to grow your business. And we should, we should go to that. <laughs> I, I wish I was back in school. I know. Um, you know what would be cool if you had a blended class, like take some of the guys from one and have them show up in the other and vice versa and just prove your point that there's greatness in all of us, right? Absolutely. Um, I love that's really cool. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you also, you kind of, you know, snuck it in there, right? It was a little, um, I think it's, it, it's more complicated than that when you said you made a trip to Bali yes. for a social entrepreneurship accelerator program. Yes. I mean, what the heck was that? <laughs> I actually was not as familiar with the concept of social entrepreneurship. Um, when I applied to go, I mean, it's Bali. And I was just like, well, all they can tell me is no, but I'm going to apply. I'll figure out what social entrepreneurship is in the 36 hours that it's going to take me to get there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I learned, so there's the, the idea that there's a dichotomy between doing well for you and your family and doing good 
for the community that you live in. But those mm. things are not mutually exclusive. What we have to do, um, what we have to spend more time talking about is that you can do well and do good at the same time. And that's what social entrepreneurship kind of lends itself to. And that's really where I fleshed out the idea about who I wanted to serve and how I needed to show up for them. You know, I I love social entrepreneurship because it's so important because I don't think it has to be that you're just an entrepreneur. It's, I think as large organizations just got larger and larger and larger, they started to lose sight of how they affect the areas in which they live. Now, I know that a lot of organizations have a lot of foundations and they do a lot of charitable work, but I think that they could do more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And by making these young people aware of that, that we have an obligation not just to our own families, but to you know all the people that we touch with our organizations, I think that that's uh, just putting that seed into their head just so that they're thinking in that way can make a really big shift later on as they're working and they're and they're moving up the ladder or they're growing their own companies. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so on that, right, mm-hmm. does, is that something, Professor White, that you feel will help someone shift from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset? Or it's totally unrelated, but just seems to me if you're taking some social entrepreneurship and seeing the world differently, that's kind of a growth mindset, right? You're you're spot on with that. You're absolutely right because if we can make sure or, you know, in the people's lives that we touch, if we can see that we have the power to influence for good or for bad and we choose good, then that's going to have such a huge ripple effect. And then you begin to connect your talents to the success of that effect and how it positively impacts the world that we live in. I mean, given the state of the world today, there's so much pain and there's so much negativity. We, more of us, need to make sure that we're showing up in ways that add light and love to the people around us because they probably just need to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me figure this out here. So, because um, I may not get it right, right? So when I I love being in the growth mindset, right? I dream about being, you know, the eighth person in the magnificent seven, right? <laughs> so, um, but you know, how do you pivot, right? That's a key word, right? How do I pivot if I'm still living the fixed mindset, right? So um, I'm trying to build my business and um, the outlook is doom and gloom. I'm never going to get a loan where I live. None of that is going to happen. But now what I'm hearing is it's not just idealistic thinking. The answer is to that is, well, hold on. Did you make a spreadsheet about what you do and where the good is in it? Have you shared any of that with anyone? You, it's your word, your vibe is going to break down those barriers. Yeah, you're right. It is doom and gloom. But that's that fixed mindset paradigm. So there is something. There are tools I have now. I need to map what I'm doing. Maybe I'm going out there in a negative mindset, which mm-hmm. is not helping. Mm-hmm. So 
Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. You got it, Charlie. You're and and you, you think, I mean, and I don't mean you think, but your challenge is to get those young students to feel that way. Yes. That's not that easy. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right? It's not. not. At all. <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you, I found that I've had to incentivize, academically incentivize a lot of the warm and fuzzy stuff. So mm. we but we all know the, the importance of networking and authentic relationships. When I first started teaching, I would just strongly suggest it. I, you know, I think it'd be a great idea if you went out into the community and, and maybe attended a chamber networking event. Cricket. Nobody did it. It wasn't until I found a way to connect networking to a learning outcome. So we have seven learning outcomes here in the School of Business, and one of them is communication. So they are required, my students for the last six years have been required to attend community-based networking events, and they get their grade from sending a follow-up email within 48 business hours. So now... I can connect this very, very important aspect about who you are as an emerging leader in your relationship-building prowess to who you are as a student academically. Wow. (laughs) You know, we need to be incentivized like that. So, no. Okay, so thinking out loud here, and I hope I don't get in trouble, but it would be really interesting for you to come back with a student or some students and we can hear from them directly. Is it real? Does it work? Did you learn? Do you have hope? Um, you know, do you know what it takes to, um, know your customer? Uh, and what is your greatness that you're bringing to the customer? You know, that would be huge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. That would be good. That would be something that we have to think about, right? And we yeah, have to no, make that sure be that happens. Because, be Professor White, you know, uh, we can't just talk a good game, right? We have to deliver as well. And whatever we can do to help, we need to do. We have the same problem with the, you know, back-end career guys that are getting downsized and such, yeah. right? They have the same issues, and we want to maybe bring them into the mix. Um, so... Just a couple more things. Do you do, is all of your coaching um, limited to your two classes right now? No, not at all. Um, luckily, I've just had the opportunity to, to beta test, so to speak, um, some of the concepts that, because I also have students that aren't, you know, 19 and 20. I do have non-traditional students who are mm-hmm. working full-time, um, who are you know, it's a two-income household, or they're taking care of their parents. So I, I get the same responses. It's, mm-hmm. They are still on trend with what their millennial counterparts are saying as far as the fear of failure, fear of making mistakes. So the coaching um, isn't confined to the classroom, and that's really what I'm driven by. Um, before I went to Bali, I like to call it my, my quarter-life crisis, actually. Um, oh, <laughs> I, really, I really felt like the walls were closing in on me because I, I was limited 
in the classroom. I wasn't able to add value to people beyond the students that were enrolled in my course. And so that's when I really took it upon myself to figure out how can I serve more people? How can Mm. I add a greater good to the world with the talents and the skills that I've been blessed with? You know, to your point, Charlie, when you, you have that ability and you don't serve people, then you're not walking in your purpose. You know, and that's really what it kind of comes down to. And that's when I started to create these communities online and in, uh, in person and providing coaching and mentoring through those uh, means as well. Unbelievable. Um, okay, so we ha- I have more questions, but we have to take another break okay. <laughs> and we have to come back. We're not done yet. There's more to come. Please stay with us, everyone. Charlie, Eva, and Professor Latanya White will be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is Professor Latanya White, and we are talking entrepreneurship. And again, if you would like to get the first chapter of her book for free, it's the book is Becoming Fearless. You can just go to latanyawhite.biz, B-I-Z, and backslash free book, not free ebook, free book. And you can get that first chapter right there, and I highly recommend it. And, you know, so Dr. White, uh, Professor White, sorry, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book. So let's talk about Becoming Fearless, and and what can they expect in that first chapter? Well, Eva, you know, Becoming Fearless is actually the story of my first business. I actually own a bartending business, and that business is 10 years old, and I started it really literally to save myself from going crazy after my divorce. So when people ask me, well, how did you get started with 71 Proof or where does the name come from? I would always start at a safe place, at at a place where I didn't think people would judge me or have pity on me. But the real story is that business started on the tail end of very, very painful and very public divorce. And that's what I share in Becoming Fearless. So if anyone's following me on Instagram, anywhere on social media, and I meet Professor White, you may not see the parts of my story that talk about that. So Becoming Fearless, which was published not even a full year ago, is the first time in 10 years that I've really pulled back, you know, kind of pulled back the curtain on what was going on emotionally that got me started as an entrepreneur. 
Wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, as hard as it was for you to share that story, and like you said, becoming fearless and sharing that story, what a gift that is to anyone that reads the book about really hearing how all this came about for you, because I always find that so interesting, right? We see people and they're successful and they're they're out there and they're killing it. But then we always, we don't always know what all they went through to yeah, get to that real? point. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so thank you for sharing that. And, and not I only that, this is a, this is a common, yeah. not to make light of, but it's a common problem we all have. These are life problems that you're sharing. Right. Which is even, you know, give me more hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that most times that we all have stuff in our closets that we don't necessarily want to let the light in on. But on the other hand, you know, when you just talk to somebody, I always say all you need to do is like give somebody a couple of margaritas and then you get the real story of what really happened. And and that's the one thing that I think we find most is that what we have most in common with people is the stuff in the closet because everybody's got it. And when you have when you have the courage to let that out and let people see that, that lets everybody else kind of breathe a sigh of relief and say, oh, phew, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not alone. So that's terrific. So I wanted to, um, so let's talk to you about the program some more, but in a context of the listeners. So what can our listeners do, like, let's say starting tomorrow? We always like to say, what can you do starting tomorrow to start making a difference in your own career and start looking at yourself as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Um, and this is nothing I can take credit for, but Starting tomorrow or even at, as soon as this call is over, Google Simon Sinek, and the last name is spelled S-I-N, like Nancy, E-K, and he has a TED Talk that's called The Golden Circle. And that, you know, kind of going back to my warm and fuzzy stuff, but that's really where he kind of codified this process that we all can take to get in better touch with who we are from a leadership standpoint, Right. So Mm -hmm. most most every organization can say what they do. You know, you guys host, you're you're radio hosts. That's what you do. How you do it is through your listener base. You go on air once a week on Mondays at 4 p.m. But why do you do it? And you say that so much in your messaging, but not everyone can do that. Not every one of your listeners can say, why do I go to this place? Why do I go to this job every day besides what's gonna, what my financial reward is going to be? So for anyone listening, the very first thing that I would recommend is to really start with why, and, and that's the name of the TED Talk. Um, but it's a really straightforward concept. It's, it says start with why and not with what, because you can take your passion, your talents, no skills, anywhere. But if you start with what, then you're confined to this job that you might not be in love with. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's so important to actually bring up why, because you're right. I think a lot of people don't do that. And when you start looking at the why, but when you also start looking at the why from more of a positive perspective, because it can get it's it's easy, especially if you've been in an organization for a long time, it's easy to just be heads down in what you're doing and start getting negative 
and angry and and because everybody feeds on it i don't know if you've noticed that i don't know if the young kids do it as much but i know like you know when people have been in a career for a while everybody kind of feeds off of the negative you don't hear the person coming in and said you know it's going to be a great day today guys i can't wait for this meeting at eight o'clock i can't wait to get in there and just like really dig in with both boots and just see where we're at you know you never ever hear that but you know, we laugh at that, but that's not a bad way to even start a meeting, even when you know it's going to be contentious, because there's something to be said for being positive. And I love that you're saying start with that why, because that makes a difference as to why you're even showing up here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think for me, um, my takeaway mm. based on listening mm-hmm. is I need to make sure I'm doing everything in my power and not just speaking to it, right? What am I doing that's good? How am I mapping? Uh, I agree. Take away the what and how am I working the why? Is it real? Um, am I using it for the greater good and so on? Mm-hmm. And then, then I can complain. But until I do all of that, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm, you know, in the game yet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that just that reminded me of something. And this is just something that I'm going to just pull out. And and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm wondering about like collaboration. Are you seeing are you seeing the young people? Are they collaborative or are they really competitive with each other? Now, I know that there's room for competition, but I think one of the things that started to get really lost at, at corporate and I've been in so many different organizations around the country. And what I was seeing is that people were getting more and more competitive instead of collaborative. And it was having a big impact on work and people's morale. And I was just wondering how you were seeing that in, in school or if you're noticing that at all. Yeah, they the students certainly are collaborative, especially when it comes to there's an exam coming up, right? Mm. <laughs> but what I encourage them to do in some of the work that we do together and actually from the Pivot University workbook is Take a personal inventory. What are, what are you good at? And sign, pour into that part of who you are so that when you go to meetings, when you join these organizations, you can stand firm in saying, well, that's not something I should take on because that's not my skill set. Now, I'll work in a support role because I do want to grow in that area, but let me tell you what I'm really, really good at. And they aren't maximizing those kinds of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got yeah, yeah. That it's a different way of of presenting yourself because I know they probably don't want to say that they don't know how to do it. But then when you follow it up with "I can do that in a support capacity" until I get to the point where I am really good at it. But here's what I am really good at right now. And that would make a huge difference. And also in how they feel when they go, it helps with their confidence levels around their skill sets, the yeah. skill sets that they're just taking on now. And how do you, how do you grow? How, how does your bar go higher and higher? Um, because the world changes too, right? Your growth mindset has to adapt as well. Yes, it does. And it, it really comes from making sure that I surround myself with people that I can learn from. So even at the National Publicity Summit, you know, we were told that we might get some time to learn from the media. But it's almost like those 30 minutes when you all share your one little tidbit, because there were, Mm -hmm. let's say, 30 of you. Now Mm -hmm. I have close to 100 
of the top media tips on how to get publicity for what you're doing. But creating every experience into a learning experience is so important. It's Mm -hmm. so important. Well, Professor White, this has been a great show, and unfortunately we are out of time, but we really enjoyed talking to you, and you are doing great work, and thank you for doing that work because they need you. Yep. I mean, I echo that, and I want to say thank you, and that we would love to have you back, so we'll stay in touch for sure. Thank you. I look forward to that opportunity, and keep doing such great work, you guys. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a great night. Take care. You all as well. Bye. And again, everyone, it's latanyawhite.biz backslash free book to get the first chapter of Becoming Fearless. Well, another great show, Charles. Very inspiring. I'm pumped. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the Talk Zone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at charlieandeva.com. Thanks again for listening.